Welcome to the Natural Underground, the radio show and podcast dedicated to the natural food industry. I'm your host, Al Springer. Joining me in the studio today, I'm going to be honest, look, we we wanted to have an all-star cast in this studio, just game changers, mm. experts, wizards, mm-hmm. really, but none of those people were available. So we have right. Jesslyn and Ryan. Oh, wow. Thank you, Matt. And yeah, we couldn't find the host, so we just kind of pulled this guy off the street. He I was says at his a bus. I was at a bus station earlier. <laughs> and they so, uh, they forced me out. to be here. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> well, we really do have a good show today. Uh, we have two wonderful guests on, Eric and Alex from Rally Recovery Drink. You're gonna like these guys. Yeah, they're very fun. Lots of personality, and they have a great product. It's very tasty. It's a recovery drink for post workout or post. Partying mm-hmm. anytime you need to replenish your you electrolytes. You be looking at Ryan during that part. Of it that. was just a subtle sort of. I feel a lot of judgment coming my way. Oh, there's lots of judgment oh, coming yeah. off of her. It's thick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, really. I'm just saying, you get older, the hangovers get worse. That's so true, though. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. So it's a recovery drink for both hardworking, working out. Kind of uh, uber athletes, yeah, they guys stay. pushing themselves, or if you pushed yourself a little bit because you were out till three in the morning. Yeah, I think he's. What is it? They say work hard, play hard, recover faster. That's right. So it's mm-hmm. rehydration, mm-hmm. replenishment, a lot of electrolytes, and right. recovery. We'll have them on in the uh, second segment. So right, it should be awesome. very excited yeah. about it. We are also excited to launch a new segment. Ask an Ooh, expert. Yes, you're going to talk to me. And when uh, we can no, find one, not at all. It's going to be. Yeah, good. we actually found one. I wonder what unlike, I'd be an unlike the on. improved people on the radio show, we actually found an expert. Somebody that knows something. Yeah, his name's Adam Greenberger. He's the managing partner at Surratt Capital. We're going to be asking him about the process he uses to evaluate brands. I uh, like wow. it. That's yeah, exciting. that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we'll do that a little bit later in the hour. So awesome. Look, we're also going to have our new brand university class. I think this today we're going to talk about the concept of brand ambassadors. So I think a lot of people think of brand ambassadors as, okay, a brand ambassador is like a celebrity or a spokesperson or someone you engage that's a big influencer, right? Because we talk about this all the time. Certainly, if you're starting a business of any kind, it's always wise to find brand ambassadors like bloggers, editors, People athletes. that are athletes, celebrities, anybody that literally holds sway, I just like to say sway, Ooh. over your target audience, your mm-hmm. consumer. That is one type of brand ambassador. What we'll talk about a little bit later in the hour in, in our new brand class, new brand university class, is more a brand ambassador army or people that you have go out and blitz stores. So in other words, if you're out there starting a cookie company or you've got a big idea for something, you're bu- building a brand, you're going to have people that go out and blitz stores with you, even beyond your salespeople, if you use a food broker of some kind, even beyond that. It's the guys who come in and bring the cool little shirts and hats that if you... The swag. The swag. You They're walk into a Whole in Foods, swag. you probably notice often those folks are wearing gear from different brands, right? Yeah. How do you get that out there? And then more importantly, once you get those people kind of up and running and trained and you've, they now are effective at what they do, you know what happens? They leave. Because somebody in the market finds them and think, thinks, wow, this person's pretty sharp. Somebody else has trained them. I'll take them. So in our class today, we're going to talk about how do we get those people so plugged into your organization and feeling good about their job, well compensated, and a path forward that they want to stay. Because that's the problem. You build an army of people out there, and they often 
ultimately get better it's off. Depressing. It is. I'm depressed. It is. Well, we'll hopefully we'll fix all that. Everybody leaves when you. we get to it. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, enough of that. We don't want Justin to be depressed about this that topic. It's a lot deeper than that. Yeah, <laughs> many more issues. Okay, it's that time on the show where we go out in the marketplace and find the next cool thing, the thing that just we think is going to be the future. So check it out. What do we call it? Time's wasting, don't you know? Put something tasty in my old pie. Hola. <laughs> Why are we? We're the only ones we probably should be like a little quartet. That. Boy, that would be. Parts. There are three of us. <sighs> Never Ladies mind. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> can the show even go on after a comment like that? We'll work on it. Well, Matt can come in here and that would throw the Matt, Matt can join us. We could throw that would throw people off. And you go to auditions for a quartet, and there's just the three of us. Exactly. Go, what are you guys doing? Hey, we just this is how well, we bring you know, something some different. Some of those throat singers can sing two notes at the same time, but throat that's singers. neither here nor there. They're called Tuvan throat singers, like T U V A N, and wow. they uh, have mastered how to harmonize with themselves. That's like a fifth up. No, that's never a mind. talent. Yeah, it's it sounds bad <laughs> to be wow. honest but right. sorry to offend any throat singers that are listening <laughs> back to our product of the week i've never even heard of throat singers have you ryan well I'll, I'll throw up a link on our social media yeah please that looked great <laughs> it's we already just have me. the weird factor of the touch agency and now you're doing throat singers <laughs> there's just nothing good that's gonna people are gonna yeah. want, i don't know what they do over there but it doesn't take up your right. pop-up blockers Ooh. down when that's you yeah. right you won't get any of this content otherwise Okay, our product will be quick. Our product is so cool, Siete, right? So we're kind of chip snobs. I, that's my that's chip my that's snobs. my name snobs. on the weekend. I just go yeah. by the name Chip Snobs. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Chip Snobs here. Uh, so we found this chip called Siete here in Austin, and it's grain-free Ooh. tortilla chips. That's super cool. On right. trend. And, on trend in the packaging how would you describe this packaging it's like a it almost looks like a mexican rug like it's like a very southwestern mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely yeah. a little new mexico vibe as well it says mm-hmm. a few years ago all seven siete yeah there you go uh, that's right that seven. means seven in that's Spanish. right uno dos tres members of the garza family began exercising together and adopted a new low inflammation grain-free diet to support veronica who's veronica you ask uh, who is Veronica? Well, Al? apparently it's a sister and daughter who had been diagnosed with multiple autoimmune conditions. And so they developed this line of grain-free products, right? That's And nice. they started making it. But then Grandpa Campos commented that Veronica's first creation, a grain-free almond flour tortilla, tasted even better than the homemade. And so when you read that stuff, you're like, yeah, right. But then you open up this little bag of goodness, <laughs> and uh, let's make some crunchy noises so we're actually proved that we're eating I've this. I've already th- eaten so many, but yeah, fine, we're running out. More. There's like none left in there. Really, it's got, you know, if there's very low crunch level, it's because I'm just <laughs> taking a handful of crumbs off the bottom. We ate the entire bag see. while we were let's sitting see here. See what's going on here? Nacho flavored oh, siete, guys. So light. It's made with cassava root flour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that makes it the, gets the grain free, mm-hmm. but then they had a lot of spices. It's really good. I mentioned we're chip snobs, so we love like the good it bean. Is. The good bean's so good because it has all of that. It's coated with flavoring. These are two different types of chips. They're very though. different. But the good you know, bean's kind of thick, and these are like light and real super thin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is you always want to have an arsenal of good snacks around you. Oh right? yeah. So just to make it make it good. It's the grain free so. nature of these though that's so impressive. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that they've delivered that great a taste. So if you want to know more. It's, uh, what's the website there, Jay Park? Let me stop chewing. Mm. 
Sietefoods.com. That's S-I-E-T-E, in case you didn't take Spanish yeah. at school. I like think they I just, didn't. just did fancy food. I think they're in about 500 stores from what I read on a recent oh, wow. article. Really? Hmm. So, guys, I'm telling you, check this one out. More on trend. That's it. All right. We have time for a break. When we come back, we're going to hit Eric. We're going to hit Eric and we're Alex punch and see what face. happens there. And one of them's a lawyer, so that probably won't end well. Yeah. Then they'll sue us. <laughs> but they do have a great product. They do have a great product. Recovery. You're going to dig these guys, dig their product. You're listening to The Natural Underground. the natural underground look if you're a new listener this is our favorite part of the show it isn't is. it jesslyn yeah, yeah. I, the part where you don't talk as much oh is my okay favorite part. okay i see where <laughs> how we're gonna play it um this is the part where we get to interview entrepreneurs people who are out there actually doing all this stuff we talk about right. building a brand putting themselves out there mm-hmm. and finding out just how hard it actually can right. be <laughs> all right on today's show we're very lucky to have the founder and and the two guys that are really just driving everything at rally recovery drink right and we all need that this is a, a really interesting product because it's positioned really for uh, people who are high-performance athletes who are looking for that rehydration, replenishment, and recovery. Mm-hmm. But a little secret on the side, you know who also uses this stuff for people that maybe push their body a little hard on a Friday or yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, I could night. have used this in New Orleans over New Year's. Yeah, hence the name recovery as well. <laughs> <laughs> Eric and Alex, welcome to the Natural Underground. Thanks for having us, guys. Hey, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So what is, like, for people who don't know, and I know this is new, so lots of people don't know, what is Rally Recovery Drink? What is it? Yeah, in a nutshell, this is Pedialyte for adults. Okay. Uh, we found a very common, well-known, well-established uh, company who was making a recovery drink, and uh, we wanted to take what worked and simply make it available to all other walks of life besides the toddler and new mom. <laughs> yeah, the toddler. So what? So who would buy this? Who 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 would use it? I get what Pedialyte is, or at least I think I do. Right, that's a, a, a for babies. Or for toddlers who aren't getting or enough, sick. yeah, or maybe or is it usually if they're sick? Is that kind of who like little babies to use it? Punish their electrolytes. Yeah, Pedialyte would have been started off for that toddler or baby in your life who was unfortunately losing most of their fluid due to being ill. Uh, they're not up to too much else beyond that. But well, why? Why have adults? Why have adults kind of started using it? How did that work? It is simply the functionality, and that is where we wanted to take Pedialyte and rebrand it to everyone else 10 years old and up. I love it. I used to have yeah. a friend who would do tri, uh, triathlete. He was a triathlete, and in his, he'd pick you up, we'd go to lunch or something. In the back of his car, like on the floorboard, would be empty Pedialyte bo- bottles. Is that Because I know that like hardcore athletes would use it as some sort of Gatorade 2.0, right? Yeah, Al, that's really funny that you, you said that, it, and Alex touched on it earlier. It's like, yeah, we're, we're Pedialyte, but for adults, we didn't want to recreate the wheel. And you said your buddy had this all over his floorboards, and that's, right. that's actually where I noticed uh, kind of the overlap is I was using it for a totally different reason that you touched on before, <laughs> but I jumped in one of my buddy's car who's like a workout freak, and he had Pedialyte everywhere too. And I was like, man, there's something to this stuff that it's really doing the trick across all walks of life in the adult sector, 
So why, why don't we go look into it? And, uh, you know, truth be told, there really wasn't a lot out there that wasn't tweaking it in ways that didn't need to be, need to be done. So we just kind of ran with it and improved it. Well, and, uh, that's kind of where we are today. It's funny you say that because I actually, this guy didn't have a kid, so I didn't know what was going on, man. I'm like, well, that's a, do you have a baby he's not telling me about or what's happening? So what was going on in your life that actually made you want to start this brand? This might be my question, unfortunately. Uh, we're speaking openly here? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you're, hold on, we're in a circle of trust. Let's pull the <laughs> little dome off. Safety little, yeah, safety net, circle of trust, whatever. Make sure right. safe well, uh, <laughs> between you and myself, and I'm sure the uh, thousands of listeners. <laughs> the ten, uh, no, tens of listeners. Tens of, <laughs> listeners. tens of listeners, tens of thousands. So okay. we were uh, an LSU boy, Alex as well. And honestly, uh, our, our lifestyle in college was perhaps not the healthiest. At, at LSU, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that a guy from Louisiana may have I mean, gone down the party you know, street a little bit. Alex calls it the Harvard of the South. I so like it. We're not, we're not known for our academics, but um, maybe <laughs> some of us are. But between the college lifestyle, I mean, I continued on in the law school, but I uh, maintained that college lifestyle for some reason. <laughs> it was uh, fun. You know, we were, we were playing pretty hard. Right. And then, of course, law school is no joke, neither is the work world, so I'm playing pretty hard and then expected to be back in action like Functional. the very next day. <laughs> so when I say playing hard, I mean like LSU hard. And wow, that is, <laughs> that is the, yeah, that's the professional level hard, I believe. We, we were not kidding around, and so I ended up at a, at a really large law firm doing trial work, and every kind of dinner meeting, you know, these partners are ordering bottles of wine, oh. and they're cruising in at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm supposed to be there at 6, and it just wasn't adding up. And so I actually started getting these like ridiculous, ridiculous hangovers. And so I go into the doctor's office and I said, "Look, doctor, you know something's wrong." She's like, "Eric, this is this is ridiculous. You're you're just going out too hard, and then you're waking up at six o'clock in the morning. It's called getting old. Maybe you know, <laughs> tone it down a little new bit. concept. But don't, don't in like first year of law too. I, I, from what I've heard, uh, they run you pretty rough. Just by definition, right? And kind of almost I mean, burning yeah. out. And then you're then you're up at night at dinners and you're everywhere. And then you're going out with your friends. That had to be a survival mode. It is survival mode. And that's why our motto is kind of work hard, or excuse me, play hard, work hard, recover faster. I and like so, it. go ahead. I like it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's exactly what we, we stuck with because that's what we were doing. And so every day, or every Sunday at least, I'm sitting here cruising the baby aisle as a single man with no child. I mean, like, what's weirder than that? <laughs> and then a, having you got a creeper light in the office. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I figured, well, you know, if there's nothing out there that's not doing the trick and no one's marketing this properly to the adult demographic that's using it just off the charts, why don't we just go do it? And so we went ahead and started researching how to do that, and that was an interesting process in its own. How did you figure out what ingredients should go in it? I think the best part for us was that, you know, the, the big part of our recipe started 50 years ago with a large pharmaceutical company reaching out to the American Pediatric Association and really saying, bottom line, worst case scenario, when your body loses everything it needs to function, i.e. water, which makes up over you know 70% of our bodies, how do we write that wrong? And Pedialyte, 
which again, owned by a big pharmaceutical company, never changed for the palate. Um, I think if you had Gatorade 40 years ago, well before our day, it probably tasted something similar to what you'd be drinking in Pedialyte. But as time went on, tastes changed, and you know, keeping up with the marketplace, we kind of found everything out there was really high in sugar. So the, the basis for us was, was always stick with what worked and not reinvent the wheel because it had already had so much success. It was already well known. What we wanted to do was kick out what you didn't need. So us personally have no artificial uh, dyes or colors, no artificial preservatives, and no artificial flavors. And then we also stripped the sucrose, the table sugar, and we added B12. So per 20 ounces, you're getting only 60 calories and 9 grams of sugar, yet benefits that go well above and beyond, you know, you trying to drink an entire case of the more commonly found sports drinks that you can get your hands on today. So those are yeah. the ingredients you wanted to take out with all the high sugar, but what, what is actually in Rally that makes, it, um, makes you able to recover that quickly? Well, the biggest thing is going to be the electrolytes or, or the salts. Um, that's what's going to be absorbed by your body into the bloodstream and will we carry water throughout your body, which, again, dehydration is the loss of water. You'll experience dizziness, nausea, headaches. I mean, it can be across the board or one of those in between. Uh, so the biggest component for us is the electrolytes, and those are the salts. And so, yeah, and so, Alex, I'd, I'd like to further on that. Just If you really wanted to, to dumb it down and make it like, why is Rally so much better than what else is out there is you've got exactly what Alex just said. You've got this amped up version of electrolytes that adults need, and that's actually the root of the problem. But then you'll go out there and look at all of these kind of like, you know, for the party people, the, the hangover gimmicks, and all that they are are these big B12 shots, which makes you feel alert, and you're like, you feel like you're doing better, but then you crash because it hasn't really solved the root problem, which Interesting. is hydration. So we're looking at the two, and I'm like, well, when we're talking to the chemist along the way, I said, look, can we just mash these two things together? So when you chug a rally, you immediately feel alert without elevating your heart rate or anything like that. There's no caffeine. So you're feeling better. But in the back end, you actually have that electrolyte solution that's, that's solving the problem. So it's not just a joke. You're actually getting the recovery that you need in a real way. Okay. So you figure out what ingredients you need to put in it to make people feel better. How do you settle on what flavors and what was that process like in formulating those? You mean you guys um, don't want a bubblegum flavored drink? <laughs> <laughs> We're sipping on one now for all you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we looked at what was available and uh, the original format you just mentioned kind of were kitty versions and that's just not palatable for an adult. So I looked at, okay, what's working? You know, what is, if you go and look at any cooler, you'll see lemon lime, fruit punch, orange, tangerine, just kind of the classics. Well, if you're starting a new brand, you don't want to deviate too far from what you know is going to work. So, of course, we kept some of those in the mix. But we were also looking at this trend towards things like raspberry grape, cool blue raspberry. All of those are actually really high up um, on the polls for America's favorites. Mm -hmm. We thought, you know, we can play it safe, but why don't we make our fourth flavor something a little, you know, not as traditional, and we went with that raspberry grape. And we've got about a million others in the making that are already actually ready to go. So you'll see some new ones pop up here and there, depending on your uh, retail outlets. But that's our, our standard four. You've got the lemon, lime, fruit punch, tangerine, and then 
the raspberry grape, which is my favorite. Yeah, no, man, they're all delicious. We were sipping on them earlier today, kind of before the show, and they're getting they're, in the spirit. We are getting <laughs> in the spirit of it. In fact, we should add some spirits, and that way, how does that? Yeah, I don't what even if want to go down. Yeah, what if you add a spirit alcohol in the rally? Oh man, Alex, can I take this one? <laughs> yeah, let's go to <laughs> so a professional. We, were, uh, we, we brought we in an expert. Yeah, we went out to the. Uh, we were actually in Austin, and it was just recently this year. Uh, I think it was Labor Day. We went out oh, yeah, to a well-known establishment out on the lake. Um, big deck out there, music's going, and my I think buddy. You know what you're talking about? To, uh, yeah, <laughs> my buddy happens to have a a connection with a uh, a vodka company that also stemmed out of Austin, Texas, and so. I was on the phone and had him come over, and we said, look, why don't we check it out and see if we can't make some uh, mixes and see if this works. So the bartender grabs a bunch of bottles of Rally, and he starts going to town. I was like, there's no way that the recovery drink is supposed to mesh with the vodka drink. And sure enough, he comes back with, like, 60 shots. And the next thing you know, you've got this whole party going, you know, they're rallying for this or rallying for that. And I was like, man, they're going to need it tomorrow. That's for sure. But, <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I think it follows the generally widely held view or accepted rule that vodka and a lot of things ultimately are pretty fun and taste pretty <laughs> yeah. good. So, but uh, yeah, that makes sense. Particularly, also the flavor of it, a little bit sweeter. I could see where that would actually be perfect and kind of fun. All right, let's go back. We only have a minute or two in this first segment. Um, I'm sure you hear lots of success stories. Anybody that's pushed their body, right? Whether they're they're hardcore athletes or just recovering from a hard night out, what are those success stories? Just give us one or two uh, to share with the listeners. Yeah, either dealing with extreme athletes, dealing with the special forces guys and girls that we deal with, um, all the way down to just your traditional weekend warrior. A lot of the success that, that we've heard of, and as again. For health reasons, people have started to shift what they're drinking without having to shop the baby aisle. This space is is is, is kind of unplayed with in terms of everything that we see out there. While it's on the road to try and do the right thing, it's just not getting you there. I would and, imagine, uh, Alex. I would imagine one of the things that's kind of interesting about this is there's got to be a little bit of a, uh, a, a an issue with people, gra- you know, walking around with a Pedialyte bottle. It is, is there's the it's kind of a weird factor, uncool factor if you're if you're not a kid or the mom of a kid. So this must address that, right? So I mean, this has to help with that kind of uh, stigma of carrying around something that's not a sports drink, you know, to address that issue. One one of the reasons we had to start this company is Eric, being a single fatherless man, could not walk the baby aisles anymore. It got it <laughs> got weird. It, it got desk. weird. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have it on my desk. You know, the partner said that's great that it works, but um, <laughs> you not look like here. a weirdo. Yeah, put the yeah, pacifier so, uh, away. <laughs> we actually thought about that in the initial brand. So, you know, there is no stigma with carrying around. It, it doesn't look like it's flavored. It's a, you know, it doesn't look like a melted popsicle. So you don't know for what purpose that you need it. All that you know is that you need it, and it works. And it I doesn't it. look ridiculous. It looks like a sports drink. It but is. just way above and beyond. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break, but we're going to be more with, with both Eric and Alex when we come back. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into more a little bit the entrepreneurial side of, the, of uh, these guys and how they started their brand. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to The Natural Underground. I can close my eyes and be in Big Ben. I'm sitting next to you.
Welcome back to the Natural Underground. We're continuing our conversation with Eric and Alex from Rally Recovery Drink. Are you recovering already, Jocelyn? Have you been sipping on it? <sighs> yeah, you know, and I just, I'm wondering if they think this, but just when I'm just general, generally kind of run down, it seems like it helps too. I'm not hungover. Well, uh, yeah. You know why she's not hung over yet? Because she just stopped drinking eight minutes ago. It takes a while. It hasn't kicked in yet. It has not kicked in. Because I'm still drunk. So we're going to ask you some of the same questions, Alex and Eric, that we ask all of our guests. And one is, where did you guys grow up? Don't all jump in there at once. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. And, and, you know, Alex, I've got a a funny story that I didn't even think was going to fit into this segment. But when you ask us that, we both grew up in Houston. Okay. And did you ever realize like how fitting it was how we actually met in Houston to where we are today? We met when we were like 15 years old, but Alex will tell you how. We were at a uh, buddy's house and uh, we were carrying 12 packs of Coke down the stairs <laughs> to the pool. Okay. And by 12 packs of Coke, we mean a keg. Right, we exactly. Were by <laughs> right. Oh, wow. were the parents at the house? The parents were at the yeah. house first. They had not left yet. So Eric and I were on a recon mission. Well, uh, well, within daylight hours, and uh, we were we were having to sneak around together, and this was the first time that we had met. Uh, needed an extra set of hands to to get the job done. They, so you guys yeah. knew each other from from Houston all the way to college at LSU and forward, huh? Yes. So yeah, back back fortunately twenty years back when you guys were younger, and this is maybe even before fifteen. What did you want to be when you grew up? Because I would imagine uh, you never thought about uh, selling beverages. So answering beverage entrepreneur would be wrong? Yeah, I don't, I, uh, that, it's probably not believable. Oh, God, Eric, what did you want to be? A mariachi band. You wanted to be an entire band or just in the band? Because <laughs> that's even, band. like one you of those cool. Those guys on the street? Yeah, that have like a little bit of everything. Yeah, they got every. Uh, I thought we'd spin it. Very cool. What did you, well, so uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, is that what you really wanted to be? <laughs> no, I mean, I was, uh, I don't know, I guess. Uh, my my family has uh, quite a few really honest lawyers in it, so I was kind of destined for this path anyway. Right. But I never thought that I'd be a uh, beverage slinging lawyer, but that happened. That's quite a combo, Alex. What, <laughs> what, what was your big dream? Oh my God, I would probably have to say, still with my interest in flying, you would have been a pilot. Oh. Do you? Do you I shouldn't tell you about my drinking. Do you, yeah, that was going to say, if you are a pilot, we may want to re-edit some of this uh, just for your sake. Let's so, say for now, I play on my iPad simulator, so I'm not a danger to any of you people yet. So well, let's fast forward a bit. What did your family and friends say, either one of you guys, when you got involved in kind of uh, you know uh, launching a brand? Well, um, I guess the way it really started, I didn't didn't really approach them until we had a for what I thought at the time was a legit plan, but it turns out it wasn't. But, uh, you know, I talked to Alex about it, shook hands over a table and said, let's go do this. So we approached them and they said, you know, you've done the research. Um, we'll help you out a little bit. And so they thought it was, it, to be honest, looking back and hearing how they talk about it, I think they thought we would learn more by failing and just, you know, getting, getting that experience. So they were very supportive and they thought we were crazy, but, uh, Turns yeah, out that maybe not so crazy. Don't quit your day job. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. hard part, isn't it? Because as family and friends, I'm sure they worry. They're like, hey, this is cool. It's admirable. It's kind of gutsy. 
but it's a little scary at the same time. And it probably has proven to be, even in the early stages. Every entrepreneur we talk to, entrepreneur we talk to, says the same thing. They had no idea, and you guys are pretty early in it, somewhat early in it, how hard this gig can be, uh, building a brand. Yeah. That would um, be an understatement, I, I think. Yeah, you guys have done it too. It's insanity every I day. Feel, I feel foolish looking back. I, I remember we were trying to get a a first round of capital together and Alex and I went to a, uh, an entrepreneur's house who has done extraordinarily well with several brands throughout her life. So, so we're sitting on a couch in her, you know, huge house, nice study when she comes down. And my comment to her was how, you know, I can't believe how easy it's been so far. And she kind of smirked <laughs> and, and looking back after two, three years, I'm like, man, that was a stupid comment. I'm sure she was thinking, just just get ready. Yeah, just wait up. wait five minutes and it's going to change. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a tough process, you know, between figuring out how to raise money to work with friends and get jobs done when you've got, you know, no resources left. you just got to get creative and wiggle a little bit. You absolutely do. Well, it's- I think Eric and I will both get MBAs without leaving with $80,000 in debt. Yeah. Oh, you'll have the debt. It'll just be different debt. <laughs> just different debt. <laughs> um, well, it seems like your first probably task was uh, choosing the name, and it does seem very self-explanatory, but is there a story behind how you settled on Rally? That's just what you call it, right? I mean, it's what we mm-hmm. called it all the way through, and like you know, just like the brand uh, ingredients. Why cr- recreate something that's so natural? Just go call it what it is. Make it what it is and make sure it works and just don't lie to your consumer because this stuff will make you rally, that's for sure. That's great. <laughs> how did, so how did you so you get the product? How did you get how did you approach your first single store? How how did that what was that product? Did you just walk in, start talking to them? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we spent a lot of time and money on this unbelievably good looking, sexy box. We walk into the buyer and essentially before you can be put in his lap, he agreed to do it. That's fact. I mean, it had like LED lights going through the bottom of the bottles. And this stuff, for having a limited amount of capital, <laughs> Wait, <what? laughs> we were so proud of this one little box. Okay, I'm totally Al and lost. I were not sure where yeah. you were going when yeah. you said sexy. We were yeah, looking yeah, at each was, other. It got weird there for a second. <laughs> so what? Well, I don't understand what you just described. You had an LED. What, what, was right. it, what happened? So imagine like a sales kit box that you can open the front of it. And oh, you've got and it has your, the bottles your, there, like beauty, you know, all beautied up. Yeah, correct. And underneath each bottle, they had like this battery pack LED. So you'd open up the box, and it would shoot <laughs> this really bright, right light through the bottle. And I mean, it looked awesome. It looked like we we're a super established product. Little did this guy know that we had uh, funded and produced, like a trailer load of this product without any customers. So all that we really had was a lot of product in a fancy box. Yeah. How and many of those boxes did you have? Did you have a lot of them or did you just make one box? We had a lot, but okay. they were like the most expensive boxes I've ever, I'm never doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there's like rave music playing too, when you open it up or something. <laughs> so, so you guys have this interesting market of both, you know, high performance or athletes as well as people who are out there having fun. How do you market the product? Kind of, how do you get the product out in front of people? So, I mean, I would. I mean, just, I think you know. Go ahead, Alex. We want to. We want to put our money where our mouth is. Again, the science that we started off with, we we, we stand behind. This isn't something that we have brewed up in our kitchen. Um, 
we, we sell that aspect every time we get in front of people, which again is, is a big priority for us. Uh, yeah. Even though we're both founders and owners, um, everything from street level up, you know, we have some daily involvement in. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, we started in that first account, Alex and I sit in the store and that, I mean, that's your, that's your marketing base. You sit there and you talk to people and you educate them on what you are. And, you know, hopefully you can build it up so other people can do that job, but it's never going to be worn out. Like you've got to have hands-on marketing from flyers. We did a huge party with a, an Austin-based group where it was like this monstrous tailgate and kind of had teams out there explaining to every single person and just, you know, keep hustling. Make sure everybody knows what you are and why you're better. One of the things uh, you guys did, I think that was kind of fun, is you did something with like a fraternity row outside of a major college, right? Where you, you basically <laughs> dr- drove a truck up and said, take as much as you want in the next 30 seconds or something. How did that work? That was, that was my uh, genius idea. That is a genius idea. That's clever. So we, we had that big tailgate, and you know we brought down an 18-wheeler-sized truck to, uh, to fund it. And when I say it's a big tailgate, I mean it was multiple decker DJs out there. I mean, I think it was like 2,500 people. Why was I not invited? I'm a little confused, but... You'll be next time. (laughs) So it was epic, but afterwards I had like, you know, a good portion of this left over. I was like, what am I going to do with it? You know, I don't want to bring it back to Houston. I guess we could... I just thought, you know, what's the best exposure? And I knew it was pledge week for all the fraternities, and I had done that. So I knew these guys were just completely dehydrated in the sun, you know, working on whatever for all the football games. So I pull up the truck and threw up the back gate, and I just said, you guys, in front of each house, you got 30 seconds to rip off as much as you can. And in the meantime, you know, we had our street girls telling, you know, hey, this is what we are, this is how we're doing it. And I guess Street it's girls like to... brand ambassadors? Or... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Women walking yeah, the streets? better way to phrase that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is clever, though. I'll give you that. It's a little different. Yeah, so they uh, these these pledges just went crazy on the trucks. I'm not even kidding. It was completely stripped like locusts hit it. And uh, <laughs> they remember because every weekend at our accounts in Austin were sold out. A little later in the show, after you guys have uh, uh, exited stage left or right or whatever it's supposed to be, you're the theater person, Jocelyn. You it? can exit whichever way whichever you want. Whichever way I want. Um, so what what's interesting is we're going to talk a little bit about brand ambassadors and you, I, I think Alex, I've talked to you a little bit over a lunch about brand ambassadors and that you are already building some interesting people because in the world of high-performance athletes, high-performance people, you, I can imagine you've already made some interesting connections. Uh, who, yeah, we have. Yeah. yeah. Who, who, give me just an example. I don't have to name names yet. Just what kind of people are you, are you looking at? Oh, my God. We've had great success stories, again, from our special forces group. Uh, sniper cadets uh, using us in the field during training uh, down to some very fit Austinites. Um, one of them like in particular uh, suffers yeah. from a potassium deficiency. <laughs> and with our 930 milligrams of potassium, she can actually complete these marathons, do it on her time schedule, and uh, doesn't experience that, that cramping that, uh, that can come along with that. Oh, wow. Very cool. So, so there, there's always that common vein, right? Like it, It's not so much... Uh, a specific type of person. It's just they all share this uh, mentality of they go big. And when they go big, they need this result. So 
pretty wide range of consumer out there. I love it. Well, this is this is fun. So if people want to find out a little bit more about a rally recovery drink, what's the website they should uh, look at? Drinkrally.com is our website, and we are actually making some adjustments to it as we speak. Everything in the wild world of dehydration or understanding who we are, we should have uh, up and running uh, by the end of the month. Beautiful. We've got one up there now, and you've got clearly the uh, you know, Instagram accounts and everything like that. They all link together. You can also uh, email us at info at drink rally, and I get every single one personally, and I will respond. <laughs> you I, me a we won't abuse that power. <laughs> I like it. All right, well, guys, this has been great. Uh, I think the product is really unique, and that's what our show is all about, is finding those kind of products that are very different for the consumer and for the uh, the industry. So this has been terrific. We've got uh, we've had Eric and Alex on from Rally Recovery, and we'll hope to have uh, you on again soon, guys. And we appreciate you having us. All right. All we'll right. be back after a break. We're going to hit a class on brand ambassadors on our new brand university drop-in. You're listening to The Natural Underground. Seems like all my life But it is the longest, shortest trip Around the world in my backyard I can close my eyes and be in Big Ben I'm sitting next to you Welcome back to The Natural Underground we that can't mean, believe you're still here. That mean, I know. What are you listening this far into the show for? The knob has been broken off your radio. You have, clearly. Yeah. Are you being held? Are, are you, you being okay? kidnapped and you can't reach the uh, radio or your computer? <laughs> In our final segment, and we love this part because it's our chance to do a little class from New Brain University, but we've kind of compressed We're it about down to, get schooled. to about five minutes. Five points in five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That's our thing. And then we're going to have, uh, at the very end of this segment, we're going to have our Ask an Expert. And if only I wasn't slurring today, <laughs> yeah. I would be so oh, much gonna better ask at this. An expert. We're going to ask an expert. <laughs> this week's topic, and it applies to businesses of all types, not just consumer packaged goods, it's this idea we mentioned the opening of brand ambassadors. Right. right? Um, so our guest today talked about uh, using brand ambassadors mm-hmm. at one point. Interesting term. And then in the world of marketing, we think of brand ambassadors as celebrities, influencers, people that really become sort of spokespeople for your brand. Right. What we're talking about today is just a little bit different type of brand ambassador. It's more um, the practical, everyday, important work of if you launch something. So let's say you're listening at home, for example, and you're just launching a cookie company or a, a drink or a shampoo, whatever you're building, right? A drink that is a shampoo but also functions as a cookie. I don't know what's happening, but you've got an idea. You want to get it out to the stores. So you want to have someone go out beyond just your sales folks, beyond your if you have a food broker or a rep, but someone who's bringing all the gear, the swag, as you call it, Jocelyn, mm-hmm. shirts, hats, kind of is the bright, shiny them care. <laughs> face of the brand, educating them, right. talking to the store people, all those things, right? The challenge has always been when you do something like that, first, you got to find them. But then you got to keep them. So finding them sometimes isn't as hard as you think because whether they're somebody fresh out of school or somebody in college or maybe a a parent or a mom that wants to work only part-time, very limited hours, you can find those people that are pretty good at being shiny, happy people, right? 
Mm-hmm. What is difficult is keeping them because you are a bit like that recruiter who finds a player that you want for your college. And then once you sort of validate them and train them and start talking about them, then all the other colleges mm-hmm. want the guy too, or the, or the uh, woman. So here's our five, five tips today for how do we keep a good brand ambassador once they're on board, right? Number one. This is going to sound a little limiting and counterintuitive, counterintuitive, but hire folks who have very specific and somewhat limited hours. By that, I mean, maybe it's a mom that wants to be home to pick up her kids at 2.30, so she can only work from maybe 9 to 2.30. The reason you want to do stuff like that is because, by definition now, you're engaging with someone who has sort of limited time and you're being flexible and working around that. Now you actually have to honor their request, right? Or they're going to bolt. So you need to find activities they can do and places they can go that fit within that. But if they do, then you're kind of, you're making it easy for them to stay mm-hmm. because it fits so perfectly with what they want to do. Make sense? Right, it fits yeah. the people. If they're part-time people, they're not going to leave as easily. That's like right. Touched upon earlier. Because it's hard to find that kind of job that they right. feel good about. Absolutely. Number two. Pay them more than the industry average. Now that sounds like such a throwaway line. Well, yeah, why don't we pay them a million bucks and they'll never, never leave. But what I mean by that is you don't have to double the salary, but pay them. Don't get cheap with people who are working part-time with something like this because ultimately they're going to just then grab that next opportunity, whatever it is that pays a little bit more. So if you've already matched up hours that fit and that's attractive, then say, okay, by the time I get them trained and up and running and actually impacting my business, I'm going to want to keep them. So pay them a little bit more and you should be good. Number three. Number three is to give them ways via via performance to earn extra money. In other words, okay, here's the basics of your job. You're going to go into the store. You're going to greet the people at the store, maybe train them about the product, make sure it's on the shelf, bring them a T-shirt. If there's things beyond that, like, hey, if you can manage to get them to carry another item of the the product line you're selling that they weren't going to do it – you get a little something extra. Mm -hmm. If you're able to build a big, crazy, creative display in the store and get them to okay it, or you're there for some extra training or something, give them a way to make more money. And if those objectives are important enough, they're going to make your business money and ultimately everybody wins. Number four. Give them creative things to do. No one in any job likes the same routine every day it gets boring right because you just no matter how you do it it gets boring so if you can give folks so in other words hey you've got somebody managing a territory for you why don't you create a display contest something that's fun that they can put together the 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 parameters of the key elements of the program and then let them kind of have fun visiting store to store and by engaging with their your customers that way they start to become a little more popular your brand becomes more popular and everyone loves to be popular, right? Jessalyn, you love to be popular. I've been trying for years, Al. <laughs> and it has been one it's been rough. big And zero. that's why I chose theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can hide behind it and actually project out. no one was character. cooler in high school than the theater Yeah, kids. well, yeah. band people. The band people were pretty I cool. Know. Marching band, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. They're low on the totem pole. All right, number five. Number five. Like any job, give them a path for advancement. And look, they don't have to be the CEO tomorrow. They don't have to, you know, be your vice president of finance, but you start by saying, look, if, if we can set it up that you do a great job in your territory, 
then give them a chance to advance. Maybe they get to go to the next market and help source and train and manage people that are doing the job they've been doing. And guess what? That gives some folks a little bit of travel, which maybe historically that wasn't part of a job they had before. So now that's new learning for them and new experiences. In other words, reward the people who have leaned in and are trying to help by giving them additional opportunities. Okay. That's a pretty simple, straight up uh, yeah. way to look at it. But you'd be amazed at the number of people that talk to us and say, I hired these folks. I got all excited. Next thing you know, that once about the time they started doing well, some other brand hired them. And you should take these people seriously because they form part of the front line of your business. They're the you face. want motivated, happy people because they can impact your brand image. And people that, forget that. That's exactly right, Ryan. They're the face of the brand. And often you know, we have people, retailers all the time said, well, you know, I would have kept carrying that brand, but I never see them. I never hear from them. I barely, I don't know, they know that I'm alive and I don't know that they're around. So, but the opposite is if your brand is wandering into those stores, shiny, happy people, big smile, making things happen, solving problems when they come up, now your whole business is thought of differently. Right. Cool. Well, we're really excited for this next segment. We've introduced something called Ask an Expert. We get so many questions at our company, whether it's uh, trademarks or specific distributor questions. So we thought each week we're going to highlight a different area. And this week we're very excited to have Adam Greenberger on the show of Surratt Capital in New York. He's the real deal, and he's going to talk about what he looks for when he's evaluating a brand if they want to invest. Adam, welcome to the Natural Underground. Thanks. It's great. It's great to be on. Yeah, and we were talking a little bit earlier, uh, Ryan and Jocelyn, you'll enjoy this. In chatting with Adam, he wanted to, he's always wanted to be on an interview where he could be bleeped out mm. so that he could say a few things. And I think, Adam, you said something about- You know how about, I feel about that? How do you feel about it? F that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll put a bleep, nice. we'll put a bleep in for Jocelyn's as well. F that H. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It is so bleeping beautiful here in New York City today. I like it. And we'll go back can't and... can't believe it. Well, I like that. I can't believe he just said that. Let's... Yeah. Let, all right. So we got that. Let, let's start over. And let, let me start over, Adam, because I wanted to... I, I, it's got to happen more organically. My part, I set it up too much and, and we got off track. So let me do it one more time and then I promise we won't record anymore. All right. We're going to start over. Okay. Is that cool, Matt? All right. Our guest today is Adam Greenberger. He's a managing partner at Surratt Capital in New York City. Adam sees a lot of brands, checks them all out across the sort of CPG, consumer packaged goods landscape. He looks at brands, decides whether it looks like they've got a uh, high upside, lots of potential. Adam, welcome to the Natural Underground. Thanks, Al. I'm happy to be on. Absolutely. Jesslyn and Ryan, you're going to like this because Adam absolutely requested if he could cuss during this uh, and be bleeped out during this interview. And so we agreed that we could <laughs> let him do it one time. So how's the weather out there, Adam, today in New York City? It is so bleeping wow. beautiful in New York City. Yeah. I, think it's, you know, I like warmer it. Warmer here than it is in Austin. It probably is. I think it's only 58 or 60 degrees today. So you probably, what, how warm is it actually today? It, uh, it, it, it may climb into the 80s. Oh, wow. I don't believe you. That doesn't even make sense. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we may be believing that part out too. All right, Adam. So when it's you're looking not at knowing, so I'm happy. There you go. <laughs> when you're looking at brands, what are the metrics you look for when evaluating the potential of a brand? What do you? How do you judge them? So you know, Al, as you know, and I'm going to talk from experience looking at small, uh, really entrepreneurial brands. Absolutely. Where 
you know, we don't have reams of data that we can sort of analyze, you know, where do we look? And we sort of start, and this, this seems a bit canned, but it's not. We really start with three C's, and, and the most important um, one is really the category. So we, before we even actually speak to an entrepreneur, dig into the company, we really look at the dynamics in the category because there's always data about a category. So Absolutely. We can see what's going on in the category. Are we investing into a rising tide, which is always easier? Um, and sort of what are dynamics there? And, and assuming that, that we like the dynamics of the category, uh, then we dig into, you know, some of the other, the two other key C's, and, and those being the um, consumer, which I think needs no explanation, you know, who's buying the products, um, but more importantly, the customer. Because the customer and the consumer um, are different. And so we like to see how is a small brand partnering at retail? How are they leveraging online? And, and sort of what's their relationship with their customers? And so, that's, that's really, we start those places. So to check, that, check on that, so category, you're obviously looking for some sort of uptrending category or one, I would imagine that maybe there's a void in it of some kind, looks like it's being underserved. Exactly. We want to see, you know, either it's a, a fast-growing, exciting category, or is it a category that's so sleepy it's just ripe for disruption? I love it. And then on the consumer side, your second C, that's always more challenging, isn't it, for smaller brands? To how do you get the insights? They don't have a lot of money to spend on consumer insights to determine if there's real upside there. But you're still trying to figure out if they do they know who their consumer is. They have some way of getting a hold of them and contact communicating with them. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, and and are they aligned? Are their products aligned with with who their consumer is? Right. We we don't want um, you, you know a company that is uh, sort of aiming to sell into the geriatric market, um, but marketing and creating products that are really cool for uh, millennials, uh, for instance. I mean, we we really want to see a connection between the company knowing who their consumer is. Um, and producing for their consumers. You see a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs that actually just uh, create products that they themselves like and then try to market it to a consumer that is different. Um, so that's sort of a watch out for us. It's funny you say that. We're always asking people who don't have a lot of money to spend on consumer research, but they're trying to figure out who the consumer is. We often ask entrepreneurs, why don't you just list yourself? Because most likely you launched a product that you yourself would buy. And to your point, if there's a disconnect that they're going after somebody else, then it gets a little trickier because now they don't know that group. They don't understand them, but they understand themselves. So they ought to be targeting themselves most likely uh, when they launch. Right. And and there's some interesting low cost proxy ways for entrepreneurs to figure out who their consumers are. And, and, you know, through social media, who's following them, who's interacting with you know, Instagram, their Instagram accounts or their Facebook accounts, you, you can start to get an idea uh, of who is, your most loyal and hardcore consumers are. Awesome. Last C was customer. I imagine that's just aligning up with the retailers and the channel types with that consumer and that category. Exactly. And really, you know, the brands that win are the brands that take partnering with their retailer, their customer, very seriously. And, and, and it's that partnership and that innovation with their customer 
that's going to help them win and keep winning. Are there things, and, maybe one thing, that entrepreneurs that when they're pitching you or you're you know in that evaluation process, um, due diligence process, are there things that entrepreneurs try and tell you that you just don't care about? Well, there are plenty of things, but <laughs> I, I think when I when I think of an entrepreneur who is um, you know, overworked and underpaid. Um, honestly, this is advice to any entrepreneurs listening. You know, overdoing and overthinking projections and uh-huh. sort of the near-term business plan is really a waste of time because anybody investing in this space knows that it's highly variable. Uh, one account can make your year or break your year. Um, and if, if you're sort of investing into CPG companies, you know, under $10 million, often under $5 million in revenue um, or smaller, uh, you know, the projections are great to have, but really, um, you know, spend that time selling instead of worrying about having perfect projections and a perfect business plan because it's all going to change month to month anyways. That is such great, great advice. It's the foundational stuff. Get it right. Don't worry so much about the projections because to your point, you're kind of uh, guessing anyway. There are so many factors. But if you have the, the product, the positioning, the distribution right, uh, the good things will come. Right. And I think one other important watch out that that will sort of scare us immediately is a very small brand that has, quote unquote, national distribution. And and it's hard as an entrepreneur to say no to new distribution. Um, But again, the key to success is partnering with your distribution, partnering with your retailer, partnering on shelf. And if you're a tiny brand and sort of you're trying to roll out in six different regions of the United States, you're really setting yourself up for failure. So we we really, you know, that's a big watch out. We really like to see companies that have gone deep in their home region um, and and really made it work and and proved that it can work before they try and roll out across the country. And establish a success story. Absolutely. Cool. Last question. And it's a, and then we're, uh, we'll be short of time. Hot brands out there. What is on the Adam Greenberger radar right now for either cool trends, cool categories, or cool products? So, you know, I'll accept companies that we have invested in, um, although I, I, I'm very excited about the plant-based powdered nutrition space and, and the plant-based protein space in general, where we yep. do have an investment. Um, you know, personally, it's been sort of a game changer for my own health. But when I think about a space we haven't invested in that we like and a company that we have not invested in that, that we like, um, pasta. Uh, Banza Pasta is a company that we're, we're excited about for a couple reasons. Uh, pasta is that sort of perennial sleepy category. Average American household still has pasta 1.8 times a week. Wow. Um, and, you know, it's dominated by big players who differentiate themselves with, you know, the color of their box. Um, and uh, Bonza has, has come in with real innovation. Uh, they use a chickpea flour to be gluten-free, um, but it tastes and looks like pasta. It's high in protein. Uh, and they're really sort of poised to disrupt the category um, 
A, because the category needs disruption. B, their consumer wants this, right? The millennial mom wants a better pasta option for herself and for her kids. Um, and C, these guys have sort of, they understand partnering with retail. The pasta aisle is a long aisle. It's a lot of linear feet of shelf space in your grocer, um, but it's all low cost, low margin. And here is a you know, reasonably higher cost trade-up product with better margins for the retailer. So when we sort of, we started with the three C's, and if we end with the three C's, you know, Banza in the pasta category is uh, is a company that um, hits the three C's. This is so great. Adam, if people want to get a hold of you, send you some information, what's a good uh, email or contact for you? So the best email for me is um, Adam dot greenberger uh g-r-e-e-n-b-e-r-g-e-r at seratgroup.com and that's serat like the artist s-e-u-r-a-t um and we also have a website serat group and you can get to me through that that sounds perfect man this is so fun it's so good having you on and tapping into your expertise we hope we can uh, do that a lot in the future Happy to do it anytime, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me call in. Absolutely. Well, thank you to Adam Greenberger for, of Surratt Capital for being on the show this week, as well as Eric and Alex from Rally Recovery Drink. We had a great time talking to all of our guests. If you have any questions for us, please email us at info at newbranduniversity.com, or please follow us on Facebook at The Natural Underground. We look forward to hearing from you next week. See you next week. Hello.